0: I think we must have had more than 10,000 foreign prisoners in Brandenburg working in the Opel Automobile Factory, the Arado Airplane Factory, and other factories. Most of those whom we saw in the hospital had been injured in industrial accidents. While building the economy of the Reich, they would mangle their hands in metal presses, burn themselves in flaming forges, splash themselves with corrosive chemicals. They were a slave population conquered and helpless, transported away from their parents, wives and children, longing for home. I did not dare look into their faces for fear of seeing myself, my own terror, my own loneliness. In our cottage hospital, each service was housed in a separate building. We on the nursing staff ate in one building, did laundry in another, attended to orthopedic cases in another, and infectious diseases in yet another. The foreign prisoners were rigorously separated from German patients, no matter what was wrong with them. We heard that one time a whole building was allocated to foreigners suffering from typhus, a disease that comes from contaminated water. How they had contracted such a disease in our beautiful historic city which had inspired immortal concertos, where the water was clean and the food was carefully rationed and inspected by our government, was impossible for simple girls like us to comprehend. Many of my co-workers assumed that the foreigners had brought it on themselves, because of their filthy personal habits. These nurses managed not to admit to themselves that the disease came from the unspeakable conditions under which the slave laborers were forced to live. You must understand that I was not really a nurse, but rather a nurse's aide, trained only for menial tasks. I fed the patients who could not feed themselves, and dusted the night tables. I washed the bedpans. My first day on the job, I washed twenty-seven bedpans in the sink as though they were dinner dishes. I washed the rubber gloves. These were not to be discarded like the thin white gloves you see today. "'Ours were heavy, durable, reusable. "'I had to powder their insides. "'Sometimes I prepared a black salve and applied it to a bandage "'and made compresses to relieve the pain of rheumatism. "'And that was about it. "'I could not do anything more medical than that. "'Once I was asked to assist at a blood transfusion.' They were siphoning blood from one patient into a bowl, then suctioning the blood from the bowl and into the veins of another patient. I was supposed to stir the blood, to keep it from coagulating. I became nauseated and ran from the room. They said to themselves, Well, Greta is just a silly little Viennese youngster with almost no education. The next thing to a cleaning woman, how much can be expected from her? Let her feed the foreigners who have chopped off their fingers in the machines. I prayed that no one would die on my watch. Heaven must have heard me, because the prisoners waited for my shift to be over, and then they died. I tried to be nice to them. I tried to speak French to the Frenchmen to assuage their homesickness. Perhaps I smiled too brightly. Because one August morning my head nurse told me that I had been observed to be too friendly with the foreigners, so I was being transferred to the maternity service. You see, there were informers everywhere. That was why the nurse who was preparing the forbidden onion for her Russian patient had been so frightened of me. Even me, Margarete, called Greta for short. An uneducated twenty year old nurse's aide from Austria. Even I could conceivably be working for the Gestapo or the SS. In the early fall of 1943, shortly after my transfer to the maternity service, an important industrialist arrived in an ambulance which had brought him all the way from Berlin. This man had suffered a stroke. He needed peace and quiet and uninterrupted therapy. The Allies had been bombing Berlin since January, so it seemed to his family and friends that he would recover more speedily in Brandenburg, where no bombs were falling and the hospital staff was not beset with emergencies, and he could count on more personal attention. Perhaps because I was the youngest and least skilled, and not badly needed elsewhere, I was taken away from the babies and assigned to care for him. It was not very pleasant work. He had become partly paralyzed, and he had to be led to the bathroom, hand-fed every morsel, bathed and turned constantly, and his flaccid, powerless body had to be massaged. I did not say much about my new patient to Werner, my fiancé, because I believed it might trigger his ambition, and that he would begin to press for the advantages we could gain from my close association with such an important personage. Werner was always on the lookout for advantages. Experience had taught him that advancement in the Reich occurred not because of talent and ability, but because of connections, friends in high places, powerful relatives. Werner himself was a painter, imaginative, and quite talented. Before the Nazi regime, his gifts had brought him nothing but joblessness and homelessness. He had slept in the forest under the rain— But then better times came. He joined the Nazi Party and became a supervisor of the paint department at the Arado aircraft factory, in charge of many foreign workers. Soon he would be an officer in the Wehrmacht, and my devoted husband. But he didn't relax. Not yet. Not Werner. He was always looking for something extra, an angle, a way to climb upward to a spot where he would finally receive the rewards he felt he deserved. A restless and impulsive man, he dreamed of success. If I told him everything about my important patient, he might dream too much. So I told him just enough. No more. When my patient received flowers from Albert Speer, the Minister for Armaments and War Production, I understood why the other nurses had been so eager to give me this job. It was risky to take care of high-ranking party members, A dropped bedpan, a spilled glass of water, could get you into serious trouble. What if I turned this patient too quickly, washed him too roughly, fed him soup that was too hot, too cold, too salty, and... Oh, my God, what if he had another stroke? What if he died while I was the one taking care of him? Quaking at the thought of so many possibilities for doing something wrong, I tried with all my strength to get every single thing just right. So, of course, the industrialist thought I was wonderful. You are an excellent worker, Nurse Margareta, he said, as I was bathing him. You must have considerable experience for one so young. Oh, no, sir, I said in my smallest voice. I have only just come from school. I do only what they taught me. And you have never taken care of a stroke patient before? No, sir. Amazing! Every day he recovered a little more motion, and his voice became less slurred. He must have been encouraged by his own recovery, for his spirits were high. "'Tell me, Nurse Margareta,' he said, as I was massaging his feet, "'what do people here in Brandenburg think about the war?' "'Oh, I don't know, sir.' "'But you must have heard something.' I am interested in public opinion. What do people think about the meat ration? It is quite satisfactory. What do they think about the news from Italy? Should I admit that I knew about the Allied landings? Did I dare? Did I dare not? We all believe that the British will be defeated in the end, sir. Do you know anyone whose boyfriend is fighting on the Eastern Front? What do the men write in their letters home? Oh, The men don't write about the fighting, sir, because they don't like to worry us. And also they fear that they might give away some important detail, and the enemy might capture the mail and read it, and their comrades might be endangered. Have you heard that the Russians are cannibals? Have you heard that they eat their young? Yes, sir. And do you believe that? I took a chance. Some people do, sir. But I think that if the Russians ate their babies, there would not be so many Russians as there apparently are. He laughed. He had warm, humorous eyes and a gentle manner. He even reminded me a little of my grandfather, whom I had cared for years before when he suffered a stroke. So long ago, in another life, I began to relax with the important industrialist and let down my guard a little. What could the Fuhrer do?